Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi everyone, I'm Jamie Smith. Normally here to talk about Burnley, but obviously with everything that's going on, I don't think we're going to talk about Burnley much, so uh, stay tuned to find out how I shoehorn Dwight McNeil into the conversation this week, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, hey guys, I'm Dan, human being fan. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Loving those intros, guys. Uh, as they're <laughs> alluding to, obviously the big thing that everybody knows is happening in sport right now is the coronavirus, COVID-19 officially, um, that has basically shut down sports across the world um, with very few leagues happening. I know Liga MX, a lot of people were watching here in the States. Uh, that's going to be suspended after this match week. So even that's going to be gone, I think. Uh, the Turkish League is still going on. Turkish League is still going yeah. on, yes. But aside from that, everybody's shut down. Obviously a very sad time for all of us that love sport, both us talking about it and I'm sure you listening to it wherever you are doing so. Uh, so I just wanted to start off by asking you guys, what have you made of the impact of this virus on sport in general? I think it's it's been really interesting how um, sport seems to be desperate to continue until the last possible moment when it became clear that it was going to have to stop, whether that's financial implications or just a desire to maintain some semblance of normalcy. Uh, the Premier League's a great example. On Thursday night, they were insisting that things were going to carry on as normal for the weekend. About 10 minutes later, Arsenal announced that Mikel Arteta had tested positive, and then the Premier League straight away had to backtrack and say they were going to have any So Things have changed very quickly over the course of the last week. There's every chance that new announcements will be made between us recording this today and you're getting the chance to listen to the podcast. So it's a very changeable situation. Um, I think it's also important to note that as much as we love sport, we love football, this is bigger than sport. People's lives are at risk. Everyone's got loved ones who might be vulnerable, so we have to keep that in mind. But sport is a release for so many people and it's it's a shame that we're not going to have that to fall back on. It's going to be really difficult to see how people are going to get through the next few weeks when there's no sport. It's it's crazy. Um, I look at things like Formula One when they had tens of thousands of people queuing up to get into the racetrack in Australia and then they decided that it was going to be off even though a member of the McLaren team had already tested positive at that point. Um, sport just seems to have been almost oblivious to the risks involved. Like We've had games behind closed doors the Premier League had that weird weekend where they banned handshakes as if that was going to make any difference ahead of a game where the players are then smashing into each other and spitting all over the floor. And then at the end of the game, they have handshakes and hugs anyway. Um, so, yeah, the, the response from sport, I don't think it's really been adequate. I understand why they were 
keen to try and carry on. But I think it became clear a while a while ago that it was going to have to shut down. Um, to be honest, I think the decision should have been made earlier. I think trying to play things behind closed doors was always a bit of a non-starter. Um, if you're going to have football without fans, I don't think there's any point in doing that, really. It, it loses its all its meaning if there's no fans there for me. Um, so I think there's been a bit of a leadership vacuum across sport that's arguably been mirrored throughout the world politically as well. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's been a bit of a mess. I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, um, it, that's not wrong. That is 100% correct. Um, like, pretty much every governing body has seemed to try to ignore this until they absolutely can no longer do so. And it's been a real, it's been a bit of a joke. Uh, like the fact that uh, Liverpool and Atleti played with fans on Wednesday is just completely insane. Like that is so wildly irresponsible, and I could not believe it was happening as it was happening. Uh, especially like Atletico Madrid, Spain had seen the number of cases they had double in the two days leading up to that yeah. game, and, and it's, it's gotten significantly Spain. worse since then. Yeah, Madrid. But yeah, just Madrid. Yeah, is yeah bad yes, Madrid well, specifically is bad. Yeah, particularly bad. And they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna have I don't know how many away fans Anfield holds, but however many away fans that is, come in to the city, probably more being in the city and not at the game and just be in an extremely crowded and cramped uh, ground. And that's completely fine. Nothing's wrong with that. No, fine. Like, what is that? That's completely insane. I think every other, I think one, one of the two Champions League games today before was behind closed doors and the other Champions League game of that day was behind closed doors. And they're just like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. And it's just completely insane. Um, and the fact that it took Arteta testing positive for the Premier League to suspend the season is completely insane. The, like we've seen, just as an American, seeing the NBA cancel every other significant sporting event at that point. Um, I think baseball and hockey might have been the next day, and or March Madness was the next day. day as well. Yeah, or March Madness was the Thursday, which was when about was that. The Premier League canceled on Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. Thursday. It was Thursday. March yeah, Madness Thursday. Was so March Madness was already gone. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't remember when the NHL and MLB were, if it was Thursday or Friday. But regardless, the NBA had gone the night prior and all of these sports. And at that point, America was not as far down the line as Britain, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but so for those sporting events have already been canceled. And then the Premier League's like, no, I think we can get away with another week. Just imagine if Arteta's test comes back like 24 hours later, or I get it probably 36 or 48, something where to the point where they still play that game and you have him needlessly infecting who God knows how many people and then them infecting people and then them infecting people. That's completely insane. They try to get away with that. It's so wildly irresponsible. And I just could never believe it was happening as it was happening. Thank God that they end up postponing it. But the fact they even tried is a joke. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Arteta thing, we can't officially say that it was the Arteta case, but the timing was... We cannot officially say, but, yeah. But yeah. The, timing the timing was, was incredibly specific. close. Was Within very, about 15 yeah. minutes of Arteta's confirmed case, you already started seeing news stories about how there was going to be that call um, amongst all the leadership uh, for the Premier yes, League. technically that could have been a coincidence, it. but <laughs> you know been. what? It, it, it probably <laughs> I'm wasn't. Skeptical. 
Yeah, we'll put it that way. Um, so you guys also kind of mentioned how, how the footballing authorities handled it in the Premier League. Uh, it should be noted that uh, Joshi and I recorded a really good show on uh, Thursday, uh, and then it was already outdated by the time we intended to put it out, so that, that didn't get to make it out. But we were talking about how irresponsible it was of the Premier League, not only to, to go ahead, but to try to use the government's words to back them going ahead um, when they were saying that, I think Boris Johnson's quote was that uh, large gatherings would have little effect on the spread of the virus, um, which is in itself a, a pretty reckless uh, thing to say, especially from a position of power. So the fact that the Premier League tried to use that as as kind of backing, um, only to then immediately have to retract it, as you both said, um, most likely because of the Arteta case, I, I think was a really bad look for them. And at that point, it should be noted that every other league already had contingencies for either behind closed doors or suspensions. Um, the Bundesliga, weirdly, I think, ended up being the last of the major leagues to to formally yeah, not. The last. I don't know why. I think they were Friday when they when they chose to. Uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah, to not play anymore. But it, it was very strange that we heard so little from the Premier League for so long because initially Bundesliga was already going to be behind closed doors. We heard nothing from the Premier League until Thursday when they said we are going to play, and then when they said we aren't. Um, just a just an insane series of events there. Um, another big group that took a long time to say anything was UEFA. Uh, they have now suspended both the Champions League and the Europa League, but there still hasn't been a formal announcement about Euro 2020. Uh, there have already been some reports from vendors and the like that have said that they've already been told to stand down, that they won't be needed in 2020, and to investigate 2021 as an option. Uh, I know a couple of papers in France and one in Germany have already said that the, the decision is basically to move the Euros into the year 2021 instead of this summer. Do you think that that's the right choice? Um, I, think, um, I think it's inevitable that the Euros will be delayed. Um, I read a report today, actually, just before we start recording. Uh, in Spain, it's been reported that one consideration is to have the Euros in the winter here, um, so December time. Um, but I think essentially we need to almost work backwards uh, in sort of trying to work out how this is all going to play out. I think it's difficult to start planning things now. We don't know how long sports essentially going to be in a state of lockdown. Uh, the Premier League is suspended until, what is it, April 3rd. Hmm. It seems extremely ambitious to think that we're going to have football again on April 3rd. I've got to say, I'd be extremely surprised. Um, I suspect it's going to be months rather than weeks that we're in this situation. So I think delaying the Euros is inevitable. The question then is, can it fit in to the international calendar somewhere? Um, next summer seems obvious, but Next summer, there's Nations League finals. Yes, it's it's not as big a deal as the Euros, but UEFA have been very keen to push the Nations League. And I thought the first one was quite good, actually. So I'd like to see a Nations League if, if it could fit in. Um, next summer, FIFA trying to launch a new expanded Club World Cup. That was planned to be in the summer. So if the room for a Euro 2021 and a 2014 Club World Cup, there's also women's European Championship set for next summer. So next summer could get very crowded. I don't know what they're going to do with Copper America. Um, so I think it's going to be difficult. I think I think delay is inevitable. Next year is possibly the best, worst option uh, for the Euros right now. But like I say, we've got so little information as to how long this situation is going to go on. There's talk that the peak of the virus in Europe is yet to come. That could be weeks away. It could be months away in some countries. 
Um, and the fact that the Euros is planned to be across Europe is obviously very, very challenging. It didn't seem like a great yeah. idea at the time, and it seems downright ir- irresponsible now to have fans, players, staff, everyone travelling, crisscrossing the continent. It seems like a terrible idea right now, so they might even have to rethink and have a single host. I think there's a lot of things that have to be thought out, um, but I, I don't think anything, any big decisions can really be made straight away. I suspect the UEFA will announce a suspension this week, but it's going to be very difficult for them to say the Euros will be on this date. Yeah, and you mentioned that the Euros are going to be traveling. The opening match was supposed to be in Italy. So. Well, exactly. And until recently, they've been insistent that was going to be the case, even though anyone with a brain can tell that Italy's not going to be in any fit state to host sporting events at that time. So, yeah, I think UEFA have been particularly slow, um, but I think it's it's partly because it all fits into this battle between UEFA and FIFA over their international tournaments and the Club World Cup. And I've, then I'm sure we're going to get into this, but the next World Cup is meant to be November, December time. So schedules are already going to be different for the 2021-22 season and the 2022-23 season. So all these things, I think, are going to have a factor when it does come to working out how the football season can be rescheduled. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think as unsatisfying as it is, the ultimate answer to all of this is we don't know because we have no idea what's going to happen yeah, in the next... Exactly. We don't know what's going to happen next week, much less much less for next month, much less for next, next three months. So that is ultimately the, the most correct answer. We don't know. Um, from a, well, I, I do not think it's possible for the Euros to go on. Um, definitely not this summer, probably not this year. So I guess that, me again, I don't understand all of the logistics that go behind it because I don't know everything that goes on between FIFA and UEFA and how all that stuff gets planned. But 2021 seems the most reasonable option. But again, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. 
theoretically, as extremely unlikely as it is, it could be over in a month. I doubt it. I really doubt it. But maybe. I don't know. We, no one knows. Um, so for now, if like if I had to put money on when it's happening, I guess I'd say 2021. But I wouldn't be confident in it because no one knows what's happening uh, under pretty much any circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, although I will say, like, um, Jamie, like you mentioned, that you doubt the Premier League starts on April 3rd. I know baseball is meant to be uh, pushed back just two weeks for spring training and all that stuff. I I continue to be confused as to why uh, the assumption is that this will all just be fine in a couple of weeks when we have the example of China and now Italy have had it longer than that. It it isn't just gone. It's declining, but it certainly is still around in those places. So I think it is very optimistic to think that it will just all be uh, gone away but Dan you are right we we don't literally know but but we can make some pretty in, in <laughs> at least our yeah, assumption, we can make some good guesses educated uh. guesses for sure um, but you guys make some really good points about how it affects the international footballing calendar um, with uh, as you mentioned Jamie both the Nations League and the uh, women's UEFA tournament next year the women's Euros um, that, that would be a tough thing to mix and if you put it in the same window it probably would wind up overlapping with Champions League qualification if and the, the new one, if they are implementing that, it, it seems like it would be a huge mess. Um, but one person uh, whose name grabbed some headlines had an interesting plan for both how to handle the Euros and then uh, the Premier League, which I think Jamie may have been alluding to, uh, which was that Wayne Rooney's suggestion was that they play these seasons out until September-ish, and then they have the break over the winter, to prepare for the winter gap that'll happen because of the World Cup in 2022. Uh, There's obviously that as a proposed idea. Uh, In terms of ending the season, there's been uh, talk about uh, Germany potentially not crowning a champion, but also not relegating anybody and adding more teams. Of course, I think it's 18 teams in Bundesliga. Oh man, I really hope I'm right on that. Um, Okay, great. Uh, But there was also talk of, could you do something like that here? What would that do to Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of ideas and proposals floating around about how to handle both the summer and the coming Premier League season. How do you think the rest of the 2019-20 campaign for the Premier League in particular should be resolved? Yeah, so first of all, same caveat as last question. We don't know how this is all going to play out. We don't know how long the delay is going to be. Um, I hadn't actually seen the idea from Wayne Rooney, but seems pretty sensible um, to me if we're going to have to move to temporarily have that winter break for a World Cup anyway this might be an opportunity to recalibrate and get into line early for that I know in some countries um, playing in the summer wouldn't be ideal um, because of temperatures and things like that but in the UK I think it would probably be doable I think playing in June and July wouldn't be that much of a problem here Um, so that's an option I think I should also highlight at this point that I think there's been some really poor behaviour from some teams in the Premier League, West Ham and Brighton are the two that I'm thinking of, who are actively campaigning for the season to be um, effectively null and void. Um, And these are teams that are in danger of being relegated. Um, So they've clearly got an active interest in this. I think it's it's nothing to do with disgrace, to be honest, for them to be putting this idea forward. Obviously, everyone seems to be in favour of the idea that will help their team out the most, which is natural. Respect <laughs> um, the hustle. Exactly, exactly. I don't think there's a perfect solution. I think I'd say that as well. Um, the situation in the UK is obviously different to some of the other leagues. Germany, the title race is very open. Italy, 
Spain the same. Whereas here, everyone knows Liverpool are going to win the title. So I think a solution where Liverpool weren't champions would be very unsatisfactory. Liverpool fans have obviously wasted a long time for this moment. Um, and when it is inevitable that they will win the league, they haven't won it yet. And yes, it is theoretically possible that they wouldn't. Um, but what are the chances? Like less than 1% that Liverpool don't win the league now. I think any sort of situation that was cutting the season short would have to have Liverpool's champions. Um, I'm in favour of completing the season. I think that's the fairest thing to do. Um, whether that means next season is abridged somehow, whether there's fewer games played or fewer teams involved, however they decide to do it, I think this season has to be completed. I don't think you can say the season's over as it stands and nobody gets relegated, nobody gets promoted. I think if you're a Sheffield United fan, to take one example, they have a game in hand on the teams above them in the race for Champions League qualification. As it stands, fifth place would go into the Champions League. If Sheffield United win their game in hand, they would get fifth place. So if you then turn around to Sheffield United and say the season's over, you finish where you are now, I don't think that's fair at all. Um, is it Aston Villa at the other end who've got a game in hand who could get out of the relegation zone? It is, yeah. Similarly, I don't think you could say to Villa that the season's over, you're relegated. Um, I think there would be huge legal battles. The ramifications will be massive if they tried to do that. So I think my starting point is the season has to be completed. Whether that is we start playing in May, we start playing in June, whenever we start playing, I think, the starting point is complete the season and then everyone comes to a decision on how to move forward with the following season. Yeah, so it was really weird. I did not get a chance to read the entire article uh, Rooney wrote. I don't have a subscription to the Times. Um, but it was weird seeing like bits of it and thinking, wow, did Wayne Rooney make a good a good, good point in that article he wrote? Because I never thought... Wayne Rooney in charge of FIFA. <laughs> ever. I mean, but 2020 is clearly just a whole other type of thing. So that, that's happening. Um, but yeah, because the, the thing is pretty much any, I, I assume pretty much any situation in which the league is cut short is going to end in significant legal trouble just from the teams at the bottom because so much money is involved and because promotion relegation and all that. Um, I guess that's any one where we do it st- without re- we're with relegating people. Um, I'm not sure how it would work logistically to do what Bundesliga is doing. That's, yeah, I, I don't know how, how, that works logistically. Um, if should Liverpool be noted that's a proposal in Germany. It isn't official. Oh uh, yeah, it's a proposal. Yes, yeah, fair, fair point. Um, I will say if this ends in Liverpool not winning the league, it's it's okay. Liverpool fans, you are officially cursed. You are the most cursed. I'm extremely sorry for you. Um, but I, I honestly, from what I read of. Rooney's proposal, I kind of like it. Just finish the season um, and just kind of, you know, preemptively adjust for the upcoming Winter World Cup. I know it seems like everyone is allergic to uh, preemptively getting preparing for stuff, but, you know, I think it could be a decent idea. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know how this stuff works logistically. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it that we are just unaware of. But that finishing the season and just kind of being like, okay, for the next couple of years, we're going to adjust and it will also prepare us for the next World Cup doesn't seem like a terrible idea so yeah i'd be curious to see what i know about that yeah i'd be curious to see what the dismount is from that like if you adjust for the next because it would be the end of this season and the next two right yeah how do you you switch back to the summer my thought was like longer transfer window but i have no idea how feasible that is 
Yeah, I don't know. Long summer break. Don't know. Short, yeah. short international tournament. Or no, that wouldn't work. Speed immediately after World Cup. So yeah, don't know. Yeah. So that, I, that solution does give everyone a lot more time, doesn't it? True. That idea gives time to work out how future seasons can be affected. Um, might be the case that football decides to transition and become more of a summer sport than a winter sport. We don't know. I think these are all things that are now options that are on the table. Yeah, I'd agree. And kind of as, as you guys have mentioned before, we we don't really know. Uh, similarly, all of these potential planes are going to have a downside. There's not going to be one that just perfectly fits everything, as we've already kind of discussed. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a lot of good options. I, I agree with you guys. I think Liverpool have to get the title. I did see an interesting... Um, I don't know if it's a theory per se, but just a random thought from a stranger on the internet uh, who said uh, they should uh, fine or, or do a points deduction for City for all the financial stuff to the exact <laughs> amount that would give Liverpool the title so that they wouldn't be giving it to them, air quotes. It'd be like, oh, regardless, City couldn't have caught up because of this points deduction uh, to just kind of try to make that a little cleaner and tidier. That is kind of clever, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I was like, that's a, that's that's a really good point, stranger on the internet. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, uh, it, would be, it would be so harsh on Liverpool to not give them the title after the season. I, I just don't understand how they could not get it. But, uh, you know, you never know with weird things like this. But um, I, I agree with you guys. I, I do think it would be better to finish the season than to just leave it where it is. I hadn't actually thought about that Sheffield United example, Jamie, with, with the teams that aren't level on matches played. Um, that would be a massive disservice to them. But when it could start back up, again, we, we don't really know. But it seems like both of you are... Su- like, if, if the Wayne Rudy plan came out tomorrow is what was actually happening, it sounds like both of you would be okay with it. I, I don't think there's... I'm the same as Dan. I haven't actually read the article. Um, I, and I don't know how detailed his idea is, but of the ideas that I've heard, it seems to make the most sense. And he doesn't appear to have a vested interest in pushing this idea because it benefits himself or his club uh, or his own club. So, yeah, I think that's that's something to, to think about. But I also think sport has to be reactive to the circumstances at the moment. I don't know if it's a great idea to put something in stone now when we don't know like I was saying before we don't know how long this period of sport being in lockdown is going to continue um, we don't know if the virus is going to mutate and come back in a different form and then it we could be in a similar situation down the road it's I think it's difficult to say we're going to do this with this season this for next season this for the following season the Euros are going to be there the World Cup's going to be there have everything organised when the situation is so changeable at the minute um but yeah if you were to say to me the Rooney plan is the likeliest that we're going to use I think I will be okay with it yeah yeah I agree I think that the thing that needs to be done is like you know behind closed doors we have four or five different contingencies depending on when this ends because we obviously have no idea when that's going to happen um and continue to do the whole you know we're back in a month we're back in a month we're back in a month until you know we're actually back um and just have have a bunch of different plans for, uh, based on when it ends. Um, but yeah, I agree. If you told me the Rooney plan, and as if you told me the Rooney plan was what we were going to do, and I understand it correctly, then yeah, uh, uh, as far as things go, that doesn't sound bad. Gotcha. 
All right, well, we've reached a very nice consensus here. Of course, people listening, if you rampantly object, uh, feel free to let us know at EPL Roundtable. Uh, next up, we'll go a little more uh, club-specific. Obviously, Dan, uh, Arsenal had were forced into precautions because of Arteta getting his positive test. So we'll start with you, and then we'll wrap uh, back to you, Jamie. Uh, but what other precautions or other things have, have the club been doing? I know Aston Villa donated some of their food. I think Tottenham have as well. What, what other things surrounding all of this uh, COVID-19 news has affected Arsenal directly? Uh, well, as far as I know, we've just, everyone's self-isolated and um, uh, we've not heard anything about anyone getting tested um, or if they or definitely not any positive tests. I don't think I've heard any negative tests either. Um so yeah, it looks like uh, we closed the training ground. Um, yeah, everything, everything's just closed because obviously, as soon as Arteta got it, that was it. We had to everything shuts down, um, and we resume whenever we can, um, whenever that may be. Gotcha. And Jamie, uh, we kind of mentioned it in the pre-show, but it kind of sounds like uh, crickets on the Burnley front. Um, yeah, I think um, I was just checking actually before we started recording because I I hadn't seen anything at all. Um, and maybe no news is good news on this front. Maybe there's no no players with symptoms. We've seen a lot of clubs coming out and saying, yes, some of our players have shown symptoms, therefore they're self-isolating, therefore all the other players are self-isolating. Nothing like that out of Burnley, so fingers crossed all our players are, are safe and healthy. Um, for now, in terms of community stuff, again, don't really know. It's possible that they are doing stuff and they haven't really announced it. Um, but I'm just reading their their release on it now, and it just seems to be fairly normal stuff. That um, they've closed the academy down, so there's no chance of young players getting it. But the club is still going to be sort of open for business, uh, which seems like a sensible way to proceed. Um, for now, with taking all the relevant precautions, but um, trying to remain some set, retain some sense of normalcy as well. Yeah, for Tottenham, all, all I've heard is that uh, things are kind of as normal. They trained on Thursday and Friday, uh, either side of all of the news. So that was a bit interesting. They, like Aston Villa, did donate a lot of the food, I think in particular produce, uh, to a charity for food wasting. Um, I assume nobody is really going to be training next week, um, which is interesting because allegedly Sun was supposed to return then, and obviously Kane isn't too far off now, uh, so it'll be curious to see how those things uh, progress, but I assume everything will be shut down, but, but as of now, yeah, Tottenham trained as normal. Uh, at the back half of last week. Uh, and we'll go from that kind of club-specific stuff to kind of the injuries. Uh, so if the Premier League were to restart this season rather than just being cut off now, which it kind of sounds like we're all thinking that the season would be allowed to play out, or at least it would be the most fair thing, uh, which players at your club that have injured would have a chance to kind of come back and help make an impact during the run-in? Yeah, it's, it's been a strange season for us because injuries that we've had have actually opened the door for other players to come in and do really well. Um, so... Ashley Barnes has been out for a little while. Jay Rodriguez came into the team and pretty much excelled straight away. Matty Vidra came in and had a couple of really good games. Um, but Barnes has been a very important player for Burnley for, for a long time. So I think he was almost ready to come back. This break will give him a chance to get back to full fitness. Obviously, match fitness is then a different thing. I don't know if they're going to be able to have like behind closed doors friendlies to keep players sharp. I would imagine they'll try and do that where possible, where safe, where it's safe to do so. Um, so I think Barnes is 
a player that will come back into contention. But Jay Rodriguez has done so well, it might be the case that he doesn't get back into the team. Uh, the other player who's struggled on and off with injuries all season and since Burnley signed him, really, is Johan Goodmanson, who I know, Kev, you're a big fan of him as well. I yeah. really rate Goodmanson, but it's been increasingly clear this season that he's just not someone that can be really relied on to stay fit, unfortunately. Um, every time he comes back, it seems to be that he gets another problem and then he's out for another few weeks. So uh, his place in the team has essentially been filled by Jeff Hendrick, who's a central midfielder by trade, but has learned to fill in on the right. And we've adapted to that sort of shape where we've had Dwight McNeil, tick, got him in. Dwight McNeil on one wing. <laughs> Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> got it. Got your corner I win. I win. <laughs> so McNeil plays on one one wing. Hendrick sort of tucks in on the right and sort of slots into central midfield. And we almost morph into a 4 3 3 when we're on the attack. So that's worked really well. Um, but I think Goodmanson, if he can stay fit, is a huge asset to us because our strikers love quality delivery into the box. And if we had that from both wings, that would uh, make us a, a more dangerous team going forward. Yeah, we have um, Kieran Tierney was about to come back, if I believe. Uh, I believe that's correct. Um, so he'll be back if it ever restarts. Um, then Sia Klasnach, our other left back, should also come be back soon. Or I think he was due back at the end of the month. Uh, so if slash when it restarts, he would be back. Then we have two other long-term injuries, which are a bit more murky. Um, Torreira just broke his ankle and is expected to be out for like two to three months. So that's really depends on if or when it would start back up, um, whether he would be able to come back. I guess he'd probably be able to, if, even if it like took, let's say we, the league starts back up at the end of April, he'd probably be able to come in for the last few matches, but he'd still miss some time. And Callum Chambers is likely out regardless, unless, you know, we start the season back up in like November because um, he tours ACL in January. So that's, that is it for our injuries because we actually were getting people back, um, back and ready for the run in, and then everything died. Uh, so not great, but yeah. So um, Tottenham also obviously had a lot of injuries. So Sissoko actually started training again before all of this um, official news from the Premier League came through. So he was on the way back, and then Kane was expected back. Uh, the first week of April, which now we're suspended at least until. Uh, obviously, Sonny was still supposed to be coming back from injury. I know Juan Foyt uh, injured as well. Obviously, of those four, Foyt probably <laughs> the least likely to make a significant impact. The other one uh, was Bergvine, who end, who, who uh, came up limping um, in the last match as well. So there are actually a lot of players that could really come back and make a significant impact. And you have to imagine if somehow, and, and this is why I mentioned training, if if the training grounds are shut down, can Kane or Son really get back up to, to full speed? I mean, even in training, you don't really get up to full match speed. So will they be able to, to really make that impact from minute one? I mean, in terms of the health of players, and I thought about tweeting this, but I thought it would be probably in pretty poor taste, but if the season is just postponed and not canceled, this is actually terrific news for Tottenham, um, considering the amount of key players that have been injured that could come back and, and really... Uh, kind of try to drive us through the final 10 matches of the season. But again, it, it'll be interesting to see how everything ramps back up because Jamie, as, as you said, it, it'd be hard to imagine just starting April 3rd. Would it just be like, you can't train this week, but all of a sudden you can play? Because otherwise that yeah. date is a week earlier if they're going to start training again. So I, I'm... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it, even if you look at it now, like teams like Arsenal have, 
who have been directly affected and have got so many players in self isolation, like you have to give them a fair chance to to get back to full fitness. If if these players have been self isolating and not been able to train properly, and if some of the players like Callum Hudson Odoi who have been tested positive, you have to give them a fair chance. And um, just to jump in on this players coming back to full fitness. In terms of the Euros, it could actually play out really nicely for, for England. Oh, yeah, with Kane and Rashford. England were facing going into the tournament with Kane and Rashford as two really big players, potentially not fit, certainly potentially not 100%. So if we're talking about delaying the tournament, um, it could be good news for England, especially when a lot of England's good players are really young players like Jadon Sancho, who are going to have more time to develop it. It might well be a positive thing for England but like you say it's, it almost feels flippant to be trying to be like who's going to benefit from it like who's it a win for it's, yeah but I thought I'd do it anyway <laughs> well, Bruce yeah. Kevin's morale Bruce Kevin's morale wouldn't it also be good for the Netherlands it would yeah because I was actually yeah, genuinely worried of like Depay, yeah. if you don't have Bergvine or Depay like that's two thirds of your front line yeah um, and uh, I also imagine this would be the thing that makes Harry Kane not rush back from injury for like yeah. the first time in his life. Seriously. <laughs> Although, uh, while, while we shouldn't uh, make light of this at all, I did see somebody say that uh, Mourinho is psychic because he said uh, he wished the season ended tomorrow. And then it ended like <laughs> within the week. Um, <laughs> just, oh, God. So uh, what you're saying is Jose Mourinho is behind coronavirus. <laughs> I don't know Can if I would legally? say that fully. I don't know would I imply it? Just, just uh, the lawyers need to check this section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing this, then that means it's been cleared by legal. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, anyway. I will refrain from my comment until I talk to my lawyers, but... <laughs> but here we go. Possibly. But yeah. but I think, Jamie, to your point, I mean, yes, it, it feels crass to say, but there are inherently going to be things that are fair or not fair because of this. Like uh, the Champions League, for example, if it's genuinely suspended, the teams that are in the second batch that haven't yet played their second leg, if they get players back or anything like that, like imagine if Tottenham had, had this extra month and then all of the players that I just mentioned come back before not playing even, Not uh, even Frankfurt. just that, like... Um... If they decide that they can't complete this Champions League season, what does that mean for a team like Atalanta, who yeah. are in the tournament for the first time? They've reached the quarterfinals. They've got a chance to win it and be one of the historic teams doing something that no one expected. If you said, we're not going to finish this Champions League season, we're just going to call it off and start again next season, that's incredibly unfair on the teams that have made it through. And their team is really old, so they're, not going to get, they're likely not going to have a chance at this. Yeah. Well, exactly. And players could get bought, like yeah. players like Ilicic, who've had incredible seasons. They might get snapped up before next season. So, I think you have to take all this into account when you're trying to sort of war game how it's all going to play out. Yeah, and, and yeah, there there will be unfair advantages all over the place. Like, if a player is injured, should they be like locked out until the match? <laughs> like, I have no idea how you handle that. Also. Uh, for some reason, I think what have you mentioned earlier, and it just went over my head. What do you do with the transfer window? Because if you're playing through the summer, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like, I know for the NBA, they've been like, yeah, we're freezing contracts yeah. for now. Like, yeah, they placed the moratorium on league moves. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work for uh, if. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea how that's going to work. Oh, God, that's all yeah. other and, thing. And now that we've reached the random section of the podcast where we're talking about weird date-specific things, <laughs> things like Odian Agallo's loan, which was supposed to be ended in time for the Chinese Super yeah. League to start back up, 
It is is it contractually to a specific date that's after the season, so everybody colloquial set, colloquially says at the end of the season, or is it literally yeah, at the end of the season? And if the season is postponed, is it still date, technically yeah. the season? Sorry, Jamie, what were you saying? You've got the same with with contracts as well. Yeah. Um, Chelsea's front three that they've been playing with recently, with Tammy Abraham injured, uh, Pedro, Willian, Giroud, they're all out of contract. So. Is there a way to agree to extend their contracts until the season finishes? Do Does the contract automatically extend all those players' free agents to sign for somebody else before the season finishes? These are all the kind of discussions I imagine are going on. And if you're being kind to the football authorities, you might say this is one of the reasons why it's taken them so long to come up with postponement suspensions because they're trying to work out what this all means in terms of the technical side of the game, the off-the-field stuff, what what does it mean for transfers and contracts and all this kind of thing? Because it, it, it's a big thing. If you're a player who's out of contract, you might be already starting to think, I'm going to go there. And now you may be being told that you're not going to be a free agent until whenever. There's people's livelihoods and lives as well. It's... There's an yeah, awful lot to consider. Imagine, imagine someone's like, yeah, I'm out of contract and I'm going to go, I want to go sign with Team X. And they're like, well, actually, your contract's going to be extended three more months and you get injured in those three months. Team oh, X isn't yeah. going to sign you anymore. But imagine something like that happens. Yeah. Man. I, I get. guess, I guess we've stumbled upon... That specific scenario is probably less of a deal in football just because fewer you players have their hurt. contracts down. Well, just because fewer players have their contracts down. But it's still a scenario and it's a mess. This is... It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. and, and, <laughs> to, to make it really obvious, I mean, the whole world's a mess, but this this specifically is also a mess. So, yeah. mess on mess on mess. Yeah, so that concludes the weird random section where we all just had thoughts um, <laughs> that we wanted to get up. Lots of thoughts. We have many, many thoughts. Um, as for how we will share our thoughts with you in future, uh, we're not really sure what the podcast schedule will be going forward with no sports happening. Um I guess there's a chance some of us might just <laughs> randomly talk about something insane uh, and unrelated. Uh, let us know if that's a thing that you would want. Uh, but it, otherwise, we may just have to wait until we see and, and until there's any significant news that comes out about what the next plans are. As we've discussed, there's a lot of different ways this could go. There's a lot of problems with any potential solution. Um, but hopefully, uh, the authorities will be able to kind of come to the right conclusion. Not particularly optimistic based on kind of where we started this show. Uh, but hopefully, we can get it all sorted out and it doesn't have too many detriments. Uh, but guys, if we're not going to have shows for a bit, they'll need people's Twitters to go look at. Tell the folks where they can find you. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, I'm not going to have a lot of work for the next few weeks. So please tune into my tweets that could get increasingly um, concerning. <laughs> <laughs> you can get me on Jamie Smith Sport. And if you happen to run a business who needs any sort of web copy, anything in that sort of ballpark, feel free to get in touch through Twitter. Thank you. Please hire me. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how I can follow that up, but uh, you, I am still a human being fan for now. We'll see how that goes. But for now, still a human being fan. And uh, you can still get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits, where I will be tweeting very angrily about people not taking this seriously enough. Just because Arsenal aren't conceding goals doesn't mean you can't tweet pictures of dogs. I will still uh, tweet pictures of dogs. <laughs> because they can't get coronavirus, which is the only good uh, piece of news. That is the only good thing, yes. <laughs> also, as Jamie said, uh, do spare a thought for all of the journalists out there that cover all of the sports that you love. A lot of them are freelance, even if they write for papers. That, that Not everybody is salaried at those places. Um, so definitely give a thought to to those people that are 
going to be out of work as long as the seasons are out of stuff. So while while all of us have reason to be sad, some of us have reasons to be sad and concerned financially. So uh, again, if if anybody out there is looking for really good writers, feel free to get in touch with us because many of the people that come on the show are fantastic ones. Um, if you'd like to reach us at the show for other reasons, <laughs> you could also do that at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. You can also email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. I, last week's championship show already addressed all of this, so I'm not sure if that's going to be a new episode or not. But as always, keep an eye on our Twitter for any upcoming news. Again, at EPL Roundtable. Uh, Jamie, Dan, thanks so much for coming on what could be our last show for quite some time. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, I really, as a lot of people have said, the, the most important thing is really the health of everyone. Um, while it's very disappointing that we don't have sports to be, uh, be an leaving factor in this time, um, while we're all sad and locked in our houses, uh, it's obviously the right call. But uh, thanks to you guys again so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 